rising on an emerging generation of kings. Luke 7 from verse 36, the word says, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. That's the capital him there is Jesus. Asked Jesus to eat with him, the Pharisee. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Somebody say, smell nice, smell nice. And stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began, as in she came prepared. She positioned herself, right? And she began to wash his feet with her tears. How many tears do you have to cry for it to become plenty enough to wash somebody's feet? That means that she was crying so diligently. So vehemently, so passionately, and she wasn't, it wasn't a show she was putting up. She was expressing out of the brokenness of her heart. Began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. <laughs> this is my no trial. We can't profit be this one. This guy said, if you know your prophets, if he be prophet, he go no say this one, I will lose you since that year. Nobody can talk be that now. Isn't that what's in your Bible? <laughs> but to me, laughter to be that loud. You know, there's some people that laugh. Almost everybody in Kings laughs now, right? If you haven't laughed in any service, don't worry, you'll catch up with it. But a lot of people that laugh, they laugh in stifled ways, right? Some people. Now, for tombs to be laughing that loud, there's a picture in our mind that I'm very curious about. Because I don't know what it is, I can't call you to come and share it in the microphone because, you know. But let's see in camera. Aye, a camera. Began to watch that if this guy knew. This man, if he were really a prophet, he would know what, he would know who and what manner of man this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. Drop the pot. <laughs> it's hot. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii. Somebody please give me the, the contemporary, the English in dollars or something like that. 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. We'll look at that next week. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said... I suppose the one he forgave more and said, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? 
I entered into your house. You give me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You give me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are, which are what? Many are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. What should you do? She came in pieces, but she went in peace. She came torn. She came scattered. She violated all the protocols of fine dining and public etiquette. She violated all the protocols of religion. She violated all the barricades and barriers. And she literally, literally dragged herself to Jesus, engages the touch of the master, is transformed, and she goes in peace. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice today, that regardless of where you might be in your heart, in your emotions, in your thinking, where you might be somewhat scattered, dismembered, disorganized, with your mind in different places, thinking, how will I pay the bills? How will I restart my fellowship with God in the private place? How will I reconnect myself to the people that matter? How will I fix the marriage? You have all those questions, all those things that are bothering you, bothering you, burdening you. I pray that by the grace and mercy of God, you are coming together. You are not living scattered, you are living gathered. You are not living in pieces, you are living in peace. You are living cohesive, you are living arranged. Spirit of the Most High God, let your love be so lavishly and extravagantly displayed in every heart, in every thought, in every mind, that every Everyone who feels ashamed, guilty, overwhelmed by something they did. Everyone who couldn't move on from their last mistake. Everyone who couldn't move on or forgive themselves for something they did seven years ago, two years ago, three nights ago. Lord, by your mercy, we proclaim that they receive your forgiveness. The fullness of your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let your amen ring louder than a bell. I want to understand something, that God is a God of love. If you miss the first service, please, you will do well to listen to it. Go get the resource or join us on Mixler or check out uh, the, the reels on Mixler. By the reels, as in the actual reels now, not the Instagram. The show reels on Mixler or SoundCloud so that you can be sound and download what God has for you in the cloud. Right? So we spoke about the love of God so extravagantly. And it is so important for you to realize that God's love is is nature God has the nature of love he cannot violate that nature he is not a God who starts out with anger we look out look, looked at that God does get angry but the words is in Psalm 145 verse 8 he is slow to anger 
He does not just, you know, release thunder and lightnings and all of that and trying to kill everybody. No, he created us in his love. And we looked at three major things in the first service. Number one, we are made in love. We are made in love. Number two, we are made for love. We are made for love. So we receive love or oftentimes we curl up when we don't sense what we think should be love in a certain context. Number three, we are made to love and so because we are now the children of God we have the ability to also express the love nature of God that ability is not predicated on just mortal or moral cause correction where you say I have a resolution to love 20 people today no it is a deep-seated work that the Holy Spirit does so for us to love like God we must operate like God we must operate by the Spirit of God so if we go to Romans chapter 5 and verse five can somebody help us real quick in media team and go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 in Romans chapter 5 verse 5 we will see what the word of the Lord says it says that now hope does not disappoint and this is the reason because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts how by the Holy Spirit who was given to us so the believer does not have a love problem if he has any problem maybe he has a revelation problem maybe he does not have a revelation of how much love is reposed on the inside of him are you understanding what I'm saying right now how many of us used to play as a little child when you were a little child you used to play around a lot and maybe you climbed some trees anybody like that like me climb some trees and climb in the trees <laughs> climb the few trees right anybody who did something adventurous as a child what did you do as a child you climb trees I'm a kind of person that's it Bible says we're trees of righteousness climb a water tank hope you didn't try to baptize yourself Right? Tifa, you climb the fence. As a kid, I won't judge you. As a kid, but thank you for being honest. Right? Who climbed the fence? Some people climbed through the window, crept in at night. You started early at the age of nine. You're already climbing windows and trees and all of that. Ma'am, can you tell me? You have all told me something. Oh, tell me about it. Reveal your secret. He climbed the tree. Oh my God, thank you for giving us the backstory. That's backstage pass. You blo broke your leg. You said, I didn't break my leg, but I climbed the tree and I was forming Tarzan. So I was literally swinging. So when I see my, my sons, this is climbing, I'm just like, and I've told them a story. <laughs> right? So I was swinging on all of that and I fell hard. You know all those trees that have roots? Uh -huh. So I landed on my back and I saw glory. Glory in the atmosphere, all over, right? I saw glory and I learned, okay, you have to climb trees in moderation, right? But, but sometimes when you're playing as a little child, you climb those trees or you are hitting a tree that may look like it's dry and dead and you break through that tree and what comes out of it sometimes? Either sand or dust or what sometimes? Termites! Termites! Insects. <laughs> Elsie said tambolo. I don't even know what that is, but I think it's those tiny things that always are the tiny things. The tiny things. 
soldier ants. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm supposed to be the raw guy, like the very earthy guy. So, so I know the name Tambolo, but I don't know what exactly it is. Now, so what happens is you break through that stuff and that thing comes out en masse. Unknown to you, the ants had always been there eating up the tree. Now, that may not be a perfect illustration, but the love of God exists in abundant proportions on the inside of you and is eating up the tree of your carnality. So that when you are provoked by life, what needs to come out of you is the love of God. You are so consumed by it. That is actually your nature. This is the reason you realize as a believer, whenever you are holding somebody in your heart, you are actually fighting in your spirit. You literally have to walk hard to look at the person and not say hello to them. Talk to me, am I on your page right now? Because you are walking against your nature. There is no flow, there is no fluidity because your nature is that the love of God has been poured out. I love, I think it's the KJV that says the love of God has been what? Shed abroad. In other words, your, the love of God is better than a second passport. It has been shed abroad. Some of y'all didn't get that. You know all those passports now? St. Kitts and Nevis, Grenada, pay $200,000 and you can travel to 150 countries. And somebody's like, hey, my salary is just 80000 At this rate, I'll be 72 and a half before I can raise $200,000. Well, God has put something in your spirit. It is the love of God and the love of God can enter into energy because it can pass any port. The love of God has been, can, can we read that in Amplified Classic? Amplified Classic, the same verse. It says, hope does not make a shame because such hope does not disappoint. It does not delude us. It does not shame us. Why? For God's love has been given to us through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Can you give it to us in TPT? That love has been shared abroad. Somebody say, I'm a love carrier. See what it says, I love TPT here. It says, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. That when the believer is operating by love, watch this, that believer is undefeatable. The word says, these three things abide, faith, hope, and love. But it's saying the greatest is love, why love never Do you know your stubbornness will fail? Do you know that even your agidi, when you are eating agidi, and you live in agidingbi, can fail? Anybody like girl, talk to me. You don't know Agidi. Agidi is shangratude. I shall not agree attitude. Agidi is what? Echo. Agidingbi. How do I know? Sounds like me. When I'm angry, when I'm angry, I can slap anybody. When I'm angry, don't tell me nonsense. I don't used to listen. Until a mopo slapped the person. When I'm angry, when I'm angry, I walk away sometimes. Because your stubbornness can fail. Your resolution can fail. Your attachment to your personality can fail. You can claim you're an introvert until there's a $10 million opportunity that calls for extravision. And all of a sudden you say, I can do it, sir. <laughs> I'm loyal. They have told you, stand on this stage and speak. Like, I'm shy. <laughs> My eyes are pushing me. Ojun Timi, 
Come on, let it out. I love it. That's it. The bobbling brook. Reavers in your belly. More, more, more. Listen, gentlemen, T Banch is in the Garden of Kings for the first time in a long time. Let's celebrate her. If you're around, I give her Bluetooth knuckle digital hug. Right? I've missed you. So see that. You say, no, no, I, I must do this. This is my personality. Your personality should not come from a psychometric assessment. It should find its definition from this. He said it's not a disappointing fantasy. Why? Because we can now experience what? The endless love of God. How is it pouring? It is cascading. You know what a cascade is? It's a kind of a waterfall that goes over ledges and cleaves and edges, the jagged edges. And I love this expression because it means that even the crude areas of our lives and the crevices and the cracks and the broken pieces they are platforms for the love of God to be released. And watch this. The deeper it falls, the higher the momentum. So the deeper the person is in the mess, the more they need the love of God. Somebody say, I'm here for all of it. Shout, I'm a love carrier. I'm a love child. With a love father. And therefore, I'm always in love. You see, some of you didn't say this because your definition of in love is from the world. In love is butter fly in my belly. But all the butter flies in your belly. Seems your bread does not have butter and you are not yet fly. So that cannot be your definition of love. Butterflies in my belly. It's dreaming somehow. That's great. That's cute with the right person. Otherwise, they're just butchering you for something else. But it cannot be reduced. Love for the believer cannot be reduced to tingling sensation. To emotional validation. To feelings and fleshly manifestation. Can we talk this morning? The love of God is not limited to feelings. It is concerned about feeling every space it moves into. F-I-L-L-I-N-G. The love of God is about that. And how is that love manifest? Is that it cas cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So we carry the love of God. How is that love administered? A couple of things must see about the love. Number one, God's love is creative and corrective. So I'm going to give you an acronym today called CRISP. Somebody say CRISP. God's love is crisp. It is creative and corrective. Everything that God created, he created out of love. The mountains, the water, the fountains, the rivers, the valleys, the sheep, the donkeys, the goats. He created everything out of love, even the mosquitoes. So I was like, eh? Mosquito? <laughs> Do you think in the original design of God, mosquitoes were supposed to be used... To carry malaria? No. I've taught you before that the enemy is an attention seeker. So he seeks to introduce himself into anything that God has created. Anything at all. 
So if you see anything in nature or creation going against what is clear the will of God in the Bible, then it is not God that did it. It's the introduction of the enemy. Don't forget in the book of Mark chapter 4, I believe it was, when it says a man went to sow seed, good seed, and then men, whilst men slept, what happened? The enemy came and sowed tears. He introduced something into the ground that was well cultivated with the right seeds so that that something looked exactly or very similar to the love of God. This is the reason some of you thought you were in love until you discovered the person was only after your body and was not concerned about your soul. Yeah. Oh, if you can't say yeah, say ouch. You thought in your mind you already dreamed about it. Bella Niger wedding. So I'm not settling for any other vlog or blog or any log until there was a clog. Bella Niger, you already imagined your mind, right? Because you thought it was the love of God. But the love of God is creative and corrective. It creates, but it's also able to create a pathway. In our text, we see that love operates in that dimension. Creative enough to engage the tax collector. But also creative enough to engage the prostitutes. And somebody goes, well, I can do it with tax collectors. In other words, I can do it with people who are educated, enlightened, people who are articulate, who are sophisticated in the upper echelon of society, but street people, I can't deal with it. That's because you've not explored the creative dimensions of the love of God that is able to pick something on the inside of you that you might not be able to speak pigeon, but you can reap them and turn them from pigeons into doves. If you didn't get it, just anything you don't get, to write it down. And and ask anybody that responds immediately, instantaneously. Max, I, 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 give me experts. You see that now. Creative enough to deal with a tax collector, right? And creative enough to engage the prostitutes. Creative enough to relate with men, but also to relate with women. Creative enough to have dinner with somebody and then to have somebody else who was not even invited come to that place but it's also corrective what it means is that God's love is not just creative enough to compel us and to bring us but he also corrects us God's love also corrects us I'm going to read some verses very quickly for time's sake Proverbs chapter 3 11 to 15 Proverbs 3, 11 to 15, it said, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. Do not do that. In other words, part of his fatherly prerogative is to correct you. So don't despise the correction. Don't detest the correction. Why? Why did he say that? Why? Why? Give me the next verse. For the Lord... For whom the Lord loves, what does he do? Do you see the connection between love and correction? Oh, shout louder. Does that also imply, could that also imply that if you've never been corrected, there's a dimension of love you've not experienced? If you're working closely in a relationship with anybody, closely, and the person has never given you feedback or alignment or, you know, I think you should consider it like this. It is either you are not as close as you think you should be. Oh, talk to me right now. If everything is, ah, y'all do it. Oing. In fact, I will buy you macaroni. 
right? If that is a, he said, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Now, please write this down. Correction is an investment. And when correction is done the right way, it's an investment of love. Because in correction, we are taking out time to survey what is and benchmark against what we know could be. And we are trying to help you navigate. So we need correction in our marriages. We need correction in our relationships. We need correction in our teams, in the ministry God has given to us. Don't forget in our text, Simon was judging this woman. Simon forgot that the same mercy you have enjoyed is what I'm extending to this woman. Are you seeing that now? And just because her sin was in a different dimension, it does not mean you are better than her. She sins with men. You sin with money. She sins with her body. You sin with your soul. She's seen not regarding religion. You regard religion and you still sin. But the Bible says that God's mercy is rich towards all. So Jesus does not look at Simon and then condemn him because sometimes what happens is we condemn people who are condemning others. And therefore we partake of their sin of condemnation. Oh, come on somebody. But Jesus does not condemn. He corrects. There's a difference. Many people who think they are correcting are condemning. Oh, are you seeing that now? You never. So you see, I, I always knew. Coconut head. Coconut head. Coconut, coconut, coconut head. See your head. Big and empty. Coconut, coconut, coconut head. If you want to laugh, laugh. Some folks are like, no, let me not laugh. Some people won't think I have coconut head. <laughs> Correction is an investment. Jesus corrects him creatively. How does he correct him? He tells a story. He tells a parable. Sometimes we are too confrontational to be effective. And we're going to need this foundational thoughts when we hit the streets in evangelism. Jesus does not say, you see Simon, 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 Simon. <laughs> You're not a professor, but um, Simon. Simon, you, you, Lenwe, you, eh? You, you that are using me as photo prop, that prop, optics, hmm? You're using me to take selfie. I came for you. Now somebody else is coming for me. And you are not allowing the person. What is it? <laughs> right. Right? Jesus does not go that route. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I come across as condemning people in the heat of my expression. Anybody as guilty as that sometimes? Oh, only three honest people here. Some of you are very saintly. You never condemn anybody, not even yourself. And part of this correction is that some of you also condemn yourself. Don't condemn yourself when the Holy Spirit is correcting you. The correction of the Spirit is not the condemnation of your person. But the Holy Spirit has finished flogging you, in the manner of speaking. Flogging you. You are soaking. The Holy Spirit has already, I want to say left you, but he will never leave you. But he's left the matter. Three days, you are still flogging yourself. No, I must flog myself. 
Somebody give me a weep or something like that. If you have a weep in your bag, that's going to be amazing. Like, what? Like, who are you these days? Anybody with drumsticks? You're beating yourself. No, God, I must not agree. God, you must not forgive me. What I did was too bad. How can you forgive me? No, God, God, you don't forgive me. And anytime we're rejecting God's forgiveness, we are saying that his judgment is not accurate enough to determine who he freely gives his forgiveness to. And that is a form of pride. It says the father chastises the son that he loves. Good measure, Hebrews 12, 3 to 11. We cannot read it. But he says, it says, he quotes then, so my son, do not despise the of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Don't be discouraged when the Lord comes hard on you, when you're rebuked by him. Why? For the Lord chastens the person that he loves. And then he uses the word, the Lord scourges, Hebrews 12, 3 to 11. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? Profitable for number one, doctrine. Number two, reproof. Number three, correction. And number four, instruction in righteousness. So when it says all scripture is profitable, he's saying, watch this, that correction is profitable. When it's done the right way. How many of you wrote a mail in your life? You wrote a mail at some point. You've ever sent a mail ever before since you were born? Vicky's like, Pastor. <laughs> right? You've written a mail. How many of you knew that mail that you wrote? Very flowery, very well presented in your mind. This is the best mail in the history of this organization. They've never seen a mail like this before. Rain is pouring. Never seen like this before. Right? You send the mail. And the recipient picks out three or five lines. Typos, tabons. Some of you machine gun spray. The thing is that this is, you wrote the way you pronounce it. You put English and pigeon together. Jollof English. Not rice now, you mixed everything, remixed everything. But in your mind, it was correct. Why? Because faults are not just a function of a lack of intelligence. Errors and mistakes are not always a function of the lack of intelligence or knowledge of what to do. Sometimes they are a function of the current state of mind. Oh, some people are not here and there. How many of you knew what to do? You knew the right thing to do, but you still did the wrong thing at some point in your life. Was it because you were dumb or stupid? Sometimes you were in a state of mind so god corrects your mind by introducing the word he said be transformed by the renewal of your mind number two god's love is not only creative and corrective it is responsive and redemptive it's responsive and redemptive psalms chapter 94 11 to 14 he says the lord knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. He said that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. Somebody say that's me. 
We read Psalms 145, 8 to 9 earlier in the first service. He said, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion. He said, the Lord is tenderhearted and to those who don't deserve it. Psalm 145, verse 8 in TPT. Can you give us TPT? He says, you are so kind. See that now. You are so kind. And what? You know, tenderhearted. How many of us know that the environment can also determine how hard or soft something is? So some of us, we are born with soft hearts. And every child of God, every born again believer, every believer who's in Christ, he has a soft heart. He says, I will take away their hearts of stone and put in them the hearts of flesh. So that heart is soft, it's malleable. You can inscribe upon it, you can cut it, you can heal it, you can mold it. But you know, sometimes if you put... Let's say Gary outside, even though the Gary has a lot of water, you let it go on for a while, what happens? It becomes solid. Then you can even turn the cup upside down and it's not going to come out. The environment has sucked the moisture out of it or caused it to cake and bake. So some of us, our hearts were tender and soft until something happened and then you lost that state of being what? Tender hearted. How many of you know there's a kind of, uh, of meat called tenders? chicken tenders soft and succulent not the bony one please help me look at somebody say don't be like a greek fowl look at the person say be like an eagle not like an a greek fowl how many of you know when you're eating the tenders you sink your teeth in the tenders and the meat melts in your mouth it glides in as soft as silky as supple as syrupy it just glides all the way down your mouth but when you have a greek fowl it's like you are the beating is a battle something you're supposed to be enjoying i don't crack 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 you don't know whether it's the one cracking your teeth or your teeth cracking the bone but there is a cracking somewhere ka, 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 ka. it is hard it is difficult god doesn't want people to engage you in such difficulty. He wants you to be soft and easily entreatable. How many look for three people? Say, I know you look posh, but we need you to lose your agric tendency. Even if you live in Nikorodu, don't stay at agric bus stop in the spirit. Do not get out of your seat and look for somebody. Wait, you look at somebody and tell the person, don't be like a Greek fowl. Father Shade, tell your neighbor, say, don't, don't be like a Greek fowl. Israel, I know you're a child gathered back, but look for somebody and say, don't be like an agri. Be soft. Um, yeah. I feel he said this is God God is so kind Ogre. God is tender hearted now not just generally he is generally but everybody can be tender hearted to people they like oh let's talk now everybody can be tender hearted to somebody who just helped you who just opened the door for you bought one of your clothes or dresses or arts or paintings or sessions or whatever you sell but who is god tender-hearted to who is god tender-hearted to read it those who don't deserve it and very patient with who no 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 everybody's got to read this now read it 
mind and tender heart or two? And? Hey! Look at your neighbor and say, are you like God? Now tell the person you are like God in your spirit. But we now need to work it out in your reality. Your physical reality. All of us can be patient with people we like. And people we are like. But the moment somebody who is outside our immediate circle of comfort and convenience. Who does not look like us, sound like us, act like us, dress like us, think like us. We are a lot less patient. And we are quick to give them the sharper end of our tongues. He said, look at God. He said, you are kind. Kind means going out of your way to do good things for people. If somebody is about to die, the person goes, ah, walks past you. You don't say nothing. Walks That literally means hunger is killing me. You are seeing the person. You're not doing anything. Then when person about to die, you now go and buy food. You are not a kind person. They are not kind. It's been, eh, at least the person is still alive. Like the person, the hunger has not really reached. If you can talk about the hunger, that means you're not really hungry. You are not kind. You're not kind. As a matter of fact, you possibly actually give that person money to alleviate yourself of the impending guilt that will accrue to you if the person dies. So, when someone says, you know me like, ah, you know me cool. In other words, my belly is full. That's not your response. If you see it's a genuine thing, you don't even need to see it's a genuine The person's complaining, complaining, saying, let's talk about this. You might not have the money for it. But the conversation may for a season distract the person from the pressure of the pain or buy some time for somebody who has the money or the resources. Are you getting the metaphor? In other words, God is quick to respond to pain and find a way around it. Somebody say, I'm kind like my father. Say, I'm very patient. With people who fail me. Some of you right now, you have not let go of the lecturer that failed you. GS3, integrated science. GS3G. Every day, you still remember Mr. Babiaka. <laughs> you haven't let go of the man. We'll deal with that next week and the week after. <laughs> he said, people who fail you. And you know when people fail you, you know it. You know sometimes when people fail you, they don't even know it. <laughs> That's the pain. They will now blame you. Kai, say human beings. You know some human beings, I have a white paper series on that. Some human beings are human beings. Sometimes they are ewa. Ewa going. Rice and beans, moi moi, they become a kara, a kuru, beans pie, begiri, 
watery humans. <laughs> and then some human beings are human beings. B-I-N-S. Said your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. The banks are the definition for the passage of the river. But God is so loving that it goes beyond the typically prescribed pathway for administering his love. And he still loves people. For example, the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus and said, My daughter, she's sick and she's about to die. Jesus said, I'm not sent but to the lordship of Israel, right? Do you know what the woman said? Even the dogs. That was Jesus saying, this is not my primary assignment. But because my kindness and my love overflows its banks. He went beyond the banks of the Jewish culture. And allowed his love reach out into the Gentiles. Are you understanding what I'm saying right now? You were not supposed to just sit down there and be like, man, it's just the love of God. The Bible says that he broke off the branches of the rigid Jews and engrafted the Gentiles. We who were not a people are now made a people. So every child of God is already in some kind of debt of mercy. Just like Simon. Simon, you don't get it. That my being here is a sign that you're a recipient of the mercy you're trying to deny this prostitute of. And how many times have we looked condescendingly on other people and said they failed us according to our standards when almost every day we fail according to God's standards. So the love of God is responsive and, how, and what? Redemptive. In other words, the goal of that love is not just to show how far they are fallen, but to show how high they can rise and to help them get to that place. Nobody hangs around for much longer when all you're putting in their faces is how fallen they are. Redemptive. Is redemptive. Ephesians 2, 4 to 7. He says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, what did he do? Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. He said, but God still loved us with such great love. According to Tipiti. Give me the, the verse before. To, according to God's great love, he is so rich in compassion. I taught compassion in the first service. And mercy. And then he has raised us up. He has pulled us up. He didn't remind us of how lowly we are, how wicked, how cruel, how broken. The Bible says he's raising us up so we can do better. But he's not allowing, leaving us to just do better by ourselves. He's raising us up. Somebody say, I'm loved by God. Number three, God's love is incisive and instructive. Incisive and it's instructive. We see that in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews 4 verse 12, he says that the word of God is living and that that word is active. It has penetrative power. So many of us, one of the things that we do, you know, we live in a culture that is so superficial. Are you seeing that now? So cosmetic, so makeup driven, so plastic, so plastic that some people's flesh is becoming more plastic than flesh. So you will get it next year. And that plasticity 
is now bleeding over into our relationships. Such that people mask their way through dating and courtship. And when they get into marriage, where the plastic melts in the heat of daily engagement. You know plastic can melt. I mean no disrespect in any kind. I have nothing against you. Add an extra hair to the one the Lord gave you. But some people who put extra hair, some of you go past the very hot place, a bakery or, or an oven, and then this girl is on fire. Like literally. Because hair can be singed, right? And if it's plastic, it does not burn like the natural one. Combustion. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying now? So in human relationships, many times because we are synthetic and not authentic, the combustion quotient is higher than usual. Because the person did not know who they were dealing with. So when God expresses his love towards you, watch this, he is not superficial, it is incisive. This is the reason God is committed to you on the long haul. And over the long haul, I will get to know things about you that you were hiding but apart from things you were hiding I will get to know things about you that you did not intend to hide but it didn't just show this explains why to me that when this prostitute engages Jesus Jesus does not just allow her come and stand behind that's proximal enough Jesus allows her to bow and see if a lady comes I don't know about you but generally when I'm walking on the path I don't like people walking funnily behind me anybody like me here yeah just so what I'll do I'll either alter my steps or I'll pass or I'll pace up many of us have a problem with people getting too close to us I don't know who started about you don't want to confuse <laughs> It's okay, you are in awe. In awe of you, we worship. Right? There's just something quite uncomfortable. Now, even in mentorship or discipleship, leaders sometimes, you have somebody on your team that is generally sometimes all up in your business. Initially, is it very comfortable? Oh, come on, talk to me right now. If you're a manager at work and there's always that colleague that is always there, you like it, but you don't like it. Or can I talk right now? Until you overcome the initial space. It should not be a, a progressive thing because if you're a true leader, you need people who are coming very close to you. Otherwise, you're not leading, you're taking a stroll. They're in a positional excursion. <laughs> Ministry, leadership is a close contact spot. Close contact, you will be touched. By the pains, the plights, the problems, the challenges, the joys, the increase of people. You will be touched. Is somebody here now? So she stands behind. They're not the she, sorry. Just, just, just. You are Simon. You be Simon. Just, just be looking at us funny. Alti, please come and, be, come and be this lady now. So Jesus is eating his meal jejeli. His asun. I know you can see we're in hills. As soon, as soon as possible. Enjoying himself. Here comes this woman. I don't even know how she broke through the barricades and the bounces and the barriers. Because the Bible speaks about the tax collectors. They were high-minded. So they must have had some guts around. But you see.
Elty and Olusha adding condiments. They said that the babe would have interacted with some of them before. Say, oh, yeah, pass now. I like that night. Ah, you do well, you do well. Yeah, yeah, go show, show. Uh, God say, make nobody come, show. But you, you know, be nobody, you be somebody. You know, be somebody. So you don't have to walk too far, but even if it's a kilo, kilo, kilometer, you can go there. Kilo, kilo. Can you meet her? <laughs> Let me stop that part. Behind. Now, somebody's standing behind you, and then it happens to be a woman. Now, let's flip the script. Women, how many of you would love that you are in a place having a nice time, like a cinema or a dinner, and here comes a guy coming behind you? For why? Then, watch this now. This woman is not only standing behind, now crouches and gets, sorry, you're wearing heels. Do you want to crouch? <laughs> now crouching, now crouching behind. It's just very creepy. But I want you to see the picture so you don't lose the lessons. Why would Jesus allow a strange woman that he even knew by word of knowledge? Because he was given the spirit without measure. So all the gifts of the spirit were in hyper manifestation. So he knew the woman. That's how come he was able to know the thoughts of Simon. Because Simon spoke to himself, but Jesus answered. So he knew. Everybody was like glass to Jesus. The food you ate last night, he knows it. You can see the mama digesting digest. <laughs> right? Then she now begins to cry. Now just think about this now. <laughs> what what? <laughs> she begins to cry. Now, 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 you know. <laughs> Cooper should not be smiling. You're Simon. You're, you're Simon. KPA. You see the now. Now, this Jesus is already put in the scandalous light. His ministry has been marked by scandals. Who is your daddy? Joseph. Was it Joseph that impregnated your mommy? No. So how is Joseph your daddy? Okay, it's actually God. Which God? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, as far as we know, he doesn't sleep with women. So he's dealing with all of that. Then he's saying amazing things. Like Abraham, before Abraham was, I am. It's like not, if you nuts are not in place, like it is a little weird. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Ah. Ritualists. Don't let me see other things right now. <laughs> Hey, it is well. <laughs> Let me leave it. So, he's crying. Now, if you now see a woman crying behind this Jesus, all sorts of thoughts will be running through your mind. Maybe he has raped her. Maybe he has impregnated her and does not want to accept the baby. Maybe he's owing money. Or for services rendered. 
Are you seeing the picture now? It is a very controversial setup. But Jesus says, I'm willing to endure controversy to show you how much I love you. This is the reason till today, there are believers who have controversial lifestyle and they are doing things in the name of Jesus. And Jesus has not sent thunder to fire them. Because the world might be quickly depopulated without thunder splash. Are you seeing now? Now, it's not just teardrops. Because even if you are the most violent crier, that you are the town crier of generations, you need some time for your eyes, your tear glands to work hard enough to gather a puddle of water. She weeps so heavily till Jesus, she had enough water to wash. Then she now starts touching the man's leg. How many of you have gone for pedicure? <laughs> going, for, going for pedicure, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm quite ticklish, right? I'm quite ticklish. And for me, it's very creepy when I'm traveling and you just say, man, man, stand here, woman, stand here. I'm ticklish naturally. I'm going to a man, and the man is rubbing my body. Oh, you, you all don't. When they're trying to frisk you to ensure that you're not carrying a metallic thing, it is very weird. Now, this is a strange woman touching your legs. The problem was not that she tried, the problem was that you allowed her. Because God's love is incisive. And the reason many believers live made-up lives with makeup on their spiritual faces is they've not allowed the surgical incision of the love of God to penetrate the deep and dark places of their lives and to exhume the core rottenness so that they can actually be fresh and not just look fresh. Jesus allows this woman, I'm so sorry, Alti. Jesus allows this woman to stay in that place and pour out, exhume, because there are many people who are carrying dead stuff on the inside. They've never dealt with it, but they just keep putting layers of pancake and powder and dough. You know, pancake made from dough. So their favorite song is do do do. We extend the love of God to you. But the corrective part of that love is also important. Incisive and instructive. And then she uses her hair, which is her glory, and she places, no, it's fine. <laughs> she uses her hair, which is her glory, the highest part of herself. And for many women, the most expensive part. In fact, the women of those days, they used to go extra and put a lot of adornments. That's why Peter was saying that their glory and their virtue should not be by adornment. So they will put all this big, you know the way guests put ribbons and stuff and like, they'll put gold and silver. And so the woman's crown was literally a glory. The woman's head was like a crown. And so the richer or more worldly you were, the more you would put the, the, con the condiments, the jewels on your hair. So she brings all of that, like all that I've used my body to make. Bringing it to the lowest parts of you. I'm saying you are my Lord. 
And like I explained first service, Boaz and Ruth. He said that Boaz, when you accepted, he will spread your, his skirts over him. That's the way, the sign of approval. So this woman pressed into the love of God and said, you did not invite me, but your love was so compelling I couldn't resist you. Incisive love of God. Thank you. Let's celebrate it all. Incisive. Incisive. And it's instructive. This woman pressed deep into that love. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. He now says, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. But I will guide you. I pull you and I, I draw you in. But then I guide number four for time's sake. God's love is sensitive and supportive. So number one is what? Creative and corrective. Number two is what? Responsive and redemptive. Number three? Incisive and instructive. Number four? Is sensitive. There are some of us who are not as sensitive as others. So generally, if you're like me, you might not be the most emotional person in the world. And sometimes if you're not the most emotional person in the world, you might not easily sense certain things or understand why certain things behave certain ways or express certain things the way they do. Or if someone just starts crying in your mind, they're wondering, why exactly are you really, who's like me here? Some, your natural disposition. Natu Only three of us, so we're the rare breed. So the other folks, say, ah! so why are you crying? I'm crying because you don't know why I'm crying. And so for those of us who are like that, we have to learn the sensitive dimensions because a part of priesthood is sensitivity. It said we have not a high priest who is not touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So many of us, we are so in tune with the lion that we don't recognize the lamb. Except his lamb chops. And the lamb actually chops things. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. She can't handle it any longer. She's like, oh, no, no, we're going to have a private commission after that. <laughs> Looking at her face, like, hmm, hey, now, uh, like, this is what people enjoy every Sunday come and join us come and join us Kings is for you and me oh come on come and join us come and join us Jesus is for you and me oh God are you black are you white? Your color is no barrier. Come on. Are you tall? Are you short? Your stature is no We need to learn sensitivity. I'm learning sensitivity. I'm generally slow to anger. I've learned that a long time ago. But a growth area has to be, if somebody's crying, let me not just think, why are you crying? Why? You're already made in Christ. Why are you crying? 
is that Jesus was touched. Jesus allowed this woman to touch him. Jesus was not just touching people. He actually allowed a strange woman, a controversial woman, a funny woman, a woman with a bad history to touch him. Some of us are so full of ourselves, we are disconnecting ourselves from every other person because we don't want anybody to stain us. But love is not just how well, how clean you are. It's for what are you willing to be stained? The things don't always have to fit into the pristine and perfect picture of your own preference. They don't always have to fit into that. Because incisive love is messy love. Are you seeing that now? You know, when you see somebody working their craft, you go that this person... Wow, fantastic, like the ballerina, right? And they do that thing that they do, and they do. do, do. <laughs> right? The, the ballerina. See, go and Google. Go and Google the feet of ballerina. The, what do you call them? Tippy toes. So the stand. That's what they do. Because their beautiful performance calls for ugly toes. Love is you choosing what or who you will suffer for. A critical part of love is suffering love. Redemptive love is suffering love. Jesus loved us. We didn't love him. He loved us. And you know when you love somebody, it can hurt you when they don't love you back. When somebody loves you back. When you love from your heart that you have too much love to give and that love has a name tag on it and in your mind you really want the love of that person to, you know, flow. Let your deep call onto their deep. But this time around you're the only person in the deep. But can I talk right? <laughs> You're the only person that thing can pain. There's one story, it's a long story. I've told my, my wife the story quite a number of times, but I, I don't have time to tell it. The person that I used to like, that I had a, had, I thought the person liked me back. Actually, the person was coming for counseling about somebody she liked. Hey! It's a long time ago. <laughs> and let me even tell you, there was even somebody that introduced the person that I thought we had mutual admiration for, which I think that person actually liked me. So all the likenesses were unlikely. <laughs> Very misliked. <laughs> but it can be painful. But Jesus loved us when we didn't love him. That's what the Bible says. For God commendeth his love towards us. Romans chapter 8 verse 5, right? God commendeth his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He said for a good man, somebody will scarcely die. He said, how much more? He said, no greater love than a man has than to lay down his life for his friend. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet for a good man someone even dare to die. But 
we're unrighteous, but he loved us. So guess what? The redemptive love suffers, right? Did Jesus suffer for us or not? So why do you think you won't suffer for the people you love? It's the model. Jesus did not suffer the sufferings without you having some sufferings to suffer as a response to the sufferings he suffered. Rewind. So, Jesus saved us. Now, that you are betrothed to Jesus, part of the bride of Christ, are you suffering for Jesus or not? Oh, shout aloud. Are you suffering for Jesus or not? Let me ask you. You see, suffering is not that someone brought Pankeri and was flogging your backside. Can I talk to some of the ladies in the house? Are there not things you want to wear? You know that the Lord God of heaven has blessed me with a certain something. It may not be like what everybody else is, but this part, if I can reveal it to the world. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Oh, come on, sir. Can I talk now? So every time you go out and you wear the clothes that are hiding, not what your mama gave you, what Jesus gave you, and keeping it for only one man, there's a part of your flesh that is saying, are you not pushing this thing too far? Should you not show them something? Who knows what I'm talking about? Am I helping somebody? That's part of the sufferings of Christ. Any area of pain that you take in the name of Jesus is suffering for righteousness. You've been putting money together to buy your Nike shoes. Putting the money together. Saving it, saving it. Then after this message now, Say, ah, you've not done percentage giving in three months. This day is the day of salvation. Like, God, don't even go there because I'm already there. <laughs> you take that money and you put it in the house of the Lord. You suffer. Your ego suffers. Every time you go out and you see people wearing Nike shoes, you're like, huh? Akura. Akura would have should have. You see the now. But God's love is sensitive and supportive through all those seasons of pain. Jesus did not truncate the process of the prostitute because of the preference of the priests. Oh, that could work right now. Someone sent it to me. Jesus did not truncate the process of the prostitute because of the preference of the priests. He deals with each person within the uniqueness of their individual journey. He is able to accommodate your mess. You may not come across as chaste as other people, but that's because people don't know you were exposed to things much earlier in life. So once people are saying, oh, I, I got into porn when I was 17 and it took me five or nine or 10 years. You got into porn when you were five. So how can somebody judge you? By the time they got into porn, you already took out three babies. So you think God is going to look at you. Are you getting the point I'm trying to make? It's sensitive. 
This is not to condone mess or sin or addictions or struggles, but to let you know that God's mind is big enough to accommodate even the complexities that you are too ashamed to reveal to him. You see that now? Say, so, ah, how could I? I was a PK. I was a PK. But they cracked me like PK. Palm kernel. PK is preacher's kid. PK. PK. You did certain things in the backside of the church. While your daddy was preaching, somebody else was laying hands on you. God said, I got you. You see, we don't like to be incisive. We like to make it look like everybody was born singing. Like everybody was born out of their mother's womb. I will bless the Lord at all times. He's good. As a baby. Like you, you bobbed out of your mother's womb and then people want to say, no. Right. But people have stories. People have issues. People have issues that they wish never happened. And people have issues that they have convinced themselves did not happen. God is going to deal with all of that in this series. Some of them will float to the surface. Some of them God will scatter with the hammer of the word. But I tell you what, you will be free. Completely free. And the reason I'm saying things like this is that when we get to the mission field or as we get deeper in discipleship and you start counseling or consulting people, you just want to expose yourself. When I say expose yourself, you want to free yourself and talk to somebody that you trust and that you love. When somebody comes with you and tells you that they've been sending nudes for 20 years now. Wow. Hey! Ha! I cannot take it. Yeah. Somebody help me. My heart. My spinal chest. Can you You'll be shocked. You might be shocked at certain things you will hear. But don't make people feel bad for what they're already feeling bad about. You see what I'm saying? I didn't ask you to clap, but if you want to clap, go for it. I'm not going to teach the rest, but I'll just list and touch on a few things. Exodus 19, 3 to 6. Undersensitive and supportive. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings. I carried you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to me. I'm sensitive enough to know that you were broken, you were messed up, you couldn't come to me. Right? So I came to you. The sheep didn't look for the shepherd. The shepherd went to look for the sheep. Because I got you. You're messed up. I know that. I know that you, in fact, you are three generations of dysfunction. So I'm going to go deep down into the broken and battered parts of your life that you don't want to address. I'm going to shine my light in there. I will skillfully work as a sensitive surgeon. I will make sure as I cut out the cancer and the issue, I don't damage any tendon or ligament that will fracture your ability to move your hands or use, you know how it happens sometimes in surgery? 
that if the surgeon is not patient enough and skillful enough, then it permanently damages something that didn't need to be damaged by trying to correct something that needed to be corrected. Some of us were mishandled by people in our lives. And so certain areas that did not need to shut, shut up were shut up. That did not need to be opened up because some, there's another extreme where some people are so open and open anything gets in and anything gets out. <laughs> said, I came to you. Now therefore, if you will indeed, he said, I bore you on eagle's wings. I lifted you above the crater, the chasm. The I lifted you above all of that. And then I'll make you a kingdom of priests to me and all. Isaiah 46, 3 to 4. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnants of the house of Israel, who have been upheld by me from birth. From birth. Isaiah 46, 3 to 4. Who have been carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, when you're old and gray, it says, I will carry you. I will carry you. I'm not just the God of your salvation, I'm the God of your glorification. I'm not just the God of the new birth, I'm the God of the fulfillment of your destiny and your ministry. Since I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and he will deliver you. Number five, God's love is preemptive and preventive. Preemptive and preventive. James, sorry, Jeremiah 1, 4 to 10. Jeremiah 1, 4 to 10 said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you. Then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, I'm a youth. But the Lord said, Do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all the place I send you. Preemptive. Before you were formed, I ordained. And preventive. I will stop things from destroying. Number six, God's love is protective and persuasive. Protective and pervasive or persuasive. Psalm 32 verse 7. You are my hiding place. Kayabatasha. When I feel so exposed and vulnerable. When I feel ripped apart and broken and shattered and battered. You are my hiding place. So you shall preserve me from trouble. He said you will surround me. Because you're all in compass and you have your compass all around me. You know my diameter, my radius, my arc, my sector, my segment. You know that the halves in my life, the fragments. It says you will surround me with songs, not songs of condemnation, but songs of deliverance. Why? Because some things I did and some things that were done to me put me in a cycle and a holding pattern that I need deliverance from. But God is not sending songs of judgment. He's sending songs of deliverance, melodies of deliverance. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. He said, when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through, that love is protective. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. He said, when you go through the fire, they will not burn you. So whether it's too fiery or too washy, whether it's too hot or too cold, whatever the climatic conditions will be, I have protective love that is around you. Protective love that is around you. I still have a lot to say, but I need to close right now. Is it okay if we stand or you kneel or you take a posture? 
where you can consciously acknowledge and I know that right now some of you have tears in your eyes it's okay to let it go to let it flow it's okay for you to cry it's okay it's okay for you to weep and pour out your heart before the Lord this is the love of God it's not just the wishy-washy surface superficial love it is love that says I can go deep enough to handle your dirt Simon was about to attack this lady in fact he attacked the lady in his mind saying to himself Jesus doesn't know this woman but Jesus spoke up for the woman. Jesus came as protective, as protector. Jesus came and protected this lady and said, yes, I know. Do you know, Kuga, how redemptive the love of God is? Please listen to this as you pray. Kuga, do you know that this lady did not, we're not told that she uttered anything. We're not told that she said anything. But when Jesus speaks about her to Simon, Jesus does not validate Simon's experience or knowledge of her. Jesus reveals the validation of God. Do you know why? He said this woman, even though her sins are many, they are what? Forgiven. Is there any place in that text that says the woman was begging just for forgiveness? Sometimes your sins have no imprint in anything going on. God already forgave you. Some of you think it's confessing your sin that brings forgiveness. No. Confessing the Lord brings salvation. Confessing your sin purges your soul. That's what it does. It makes you come clean before God. And sometimes you need accountability before men. And how many of you know sometimes when you've told somebody you trust or you love that you partner with something that you've been hiding or holding back, all of a sudden you feel it is God, part of God's therapeutic system. So it is not about if you don't ask forgiveness, God will forgive you. No, this woman said they're already forgiven. Then later I now turned to the woman and said, your sins are forgiven. Just so that you don't bear the burdens of misinterpreting my silence as judgment. Let's lose ourselves to this love in one or two minutes. Tag is good to see you this morning. Release yourself to the love of God. Whatever aspects of it. If you know that sitting will make you sleep or sloppy, take another posture. Some of us have strayed physically. Some of us have strayed mentally. Some of us have strayed emotionally. Some of us are straight financially. So your body is still in the house, but you spend money on everything that is not God. But wherever you are, the love of God is able to reach you. It's calling you, it's bringing you, it's holding you. C-R-I-S-P, crisp. The love of God is crisp, it's, it's clean. It's not dirty. It's not filthy. It has no hidden motives. As we launch this series, Zomla Kuvrasi Prahatas, Lava Hoskadava Shibla Handabros, Gurobodele Krikasovradabasias. Lord, we receive your redemptive love. Lord, we receive, we receive the progen power. Lord, receive the glorious, wonder-working power. Thank you, Jesus. 
We glorify you, Father. Vent, express if you need to. If you're here, you haven't received the life of Jesus, you've come to church, you've gone to churches. Maybe your dad is even a pastor, your mom is a deacon, your uncle is an elder, your auntie's a lay reader, your brother teaches Sunday school in his church. You grew up amongst Christians, but you, you've not expressed the incisive love of God. You know the incisive love of God it leaves a mark on you that lets everybody know who you belong to. The incisive love of God it's not superficial. It goes deep. If you're that person, you're like, I want to make a fresh commitment today. Wherever you are, place your hand on your chest or your head. Just as a sign of faith. Lord, I start afresh. I respond to your love. I respond to your love. I respond to your love. Radoko samla kalavis. Thank you, Jesus, for a new beginning. I wonder how many people are actually walking forgiveness, but walking forgiven, but they don't know. The woman was forgiven. The moment her body language told the story, in heaven's account, nothing was held against her any longer. Nothing. And isn't it disturbing that there are people who are believers and still bearing the burden of guilt? We'll deal with that next week. You are freed and forgiven. Thank you for your love. Somebody say, thank you for your love, Jesus. Wave after wave after wave after wave after wave. It's written off. You made a mistake. But as you have cried to the Lord, it's gone. You strayed, you found yourself where you shouldn't have, you took money you shouldn't have taken, you lied against somebody, you set the person up at work just to look better to your boss. Release it, repent of it, turn away from it. Turn away from it. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you might need to talk to me in the course of the week. Some of you might need to talk to else. Some of you might need to talk to your team lead. We're here for you. Some assistant team lead might need to talk to the team lead. Team lead might need to confide in somebody. If it's a case that is so sensitive that you cannot handle or you believe a third party is involved or necessary to intervene, talk to me, talk to LT. Or your team lead. But when we get incisive, then deep transformation begins to happen. And the things that you thought had a grip on you, their grip is not that old, that, that strong. Their grip sometimes as strong as the darkness you've placed around it. Let's wave our hands and clap and celebrate God for his love. If you're grateful for love, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout I'm loved by God. Go to five people, tell them I'm loved by God. Loved by God. Loved by God. Loved by God. Is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.